Welcome one and all to the High Pressure Podcast. My name is Jeff Beamish, air quality meteorologist at Sonoma Technology here in the San Francisco Bay Area. As always, joined by my fellow forecasting colleagues, Patrick Zahn, lead air quality forecaster, Steve Irwin, air quality forecaster. Gentlemen, what a June we have seen air quality wise across the lower 48. Indeed, Jeff, it has been an exciting time. We've seen some incredibly high AQI levels due to smoke across the eastern U.S., and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, a lot of smoke. Let's give you the current state of play across the country here on June 29th. You're taking a look from the Washington Monument toward Washington, D.C., very hazy skies in the late afternoon hours, and those hazy skies extending all the way to the west, Toward the Great Lakes, another view from Chicago here on June 29th. Hazy skies as the Great Lakes and points east have been pummeled by poor air quality over the last couple of days. Here's a look at AQI values for PM 2.5, courtesy of the fire and smoke map at fire.airnow.gov. Anywhere you see orange, that is unhealthy for sensitive groups. AQI values for PM 2.5 due to smoke. Anywhere you see the red, that is unhealthy air quality in a lot of places seeing unhealthy air quality late here on June 29th from Milwaukee toward Michigan in toward the Ohio Valley, Columbus, Youngstown, Pittsburgh, seeing very unhealthy air quality at a few monitors there and then stretching toward the mid-Atlantic unhealthy AQI from the tri-state area all the way down to the nation's capital. Not only is smoke a problem, but that smoke is combining with warm temperatures across the Great Lakes and Mid-Atlantic, with temperatures stretching from the mid to upper 80s around southern Wisconsin, in toward Ohio, Pennsylvania, portions of the Mid-Atlantic. You get those warm temperatures, you get that smoke, and you get an enhancement of ground-level ozone formation. This is the look at the current AQI values. This is for ozone and you can see unhealthy for sensitive groups AQI values, the orange colors here, just east of the Twin Cities, unhealthy ozone AQI along the lakefront here in southeastern Wisconsin, and pockets of unhealthy ozone AQI from Cleveland in toward Youngstown, Pittsburgh, and the nation's capital. The source for the poor air quality, as no surprise, Canadian wildfire smoke. It has been an unprecedented wildfire season up in Canada. As of June 29th, over 500 active fires north of the border and half of those are being deemed out of control by the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Center. I want to give you some perspective of just how unprecedented this wildfire season has been up in Canada. This is how many acres or hectares have been burned in Canada in annual count. Uh, going all the way back to 1983. So from 1983 to 2022, this is the yearly total of hectares that have been burned in Canada. And this is the count to date for 2023. Over 8 million hectares have burned. If you do the conversion for the United States, that's over 20 million acres burned by wildfires up in Canada. So far to date in 2023, the amount of land that is burned in Canada has surpassed all of the annual totals going all the way back to 1983. So that's the source of the smoke. I'm going to turn it over to Patrick, who's going to talk more about the path that this smoke took to get into the lower 48, because Patrick, it really was not a straightforward path. So no, it has not been a direct transport path. And what I'm showing right now 
is the hazard mapping system fire detections across Canada that Jeff was referring to. So on a previous podcast, we were talking about smoke impacts from some of these same fires, but the transport path in that case was a little more direct. There was a surface high pressure system up to the north that was producing light northerly winds that pushed the smoke pretty much directly into the northeastern U.S. So what I'm showing here is MODIS visible satellite imagery for June 25th, that's Sunday, and you see significant buildup of smoke here in southwestern Quebec and southeastern Ontario. This smoke is sitting just north of the border, but what you see to the south are fairly clear skies south of this broad low pressure system. On that same day, June 25th, the PM concentrations in that same region, and you see hourly PM concentrations up over 200, 300, even 500 micrograms. So we're talking about AQI levels in the very unhealthy to hazardous category up here north of Toronto. But again, note uh, coinciding with the clear skies that we saw in the previous image, you've got AQI levels in the green or good. That's corresponding to PM concentrations that are single digits or low teens. So now what I'm going to show is the progression of that smoke that was north of the border, north of Toronto, and how it moves over the next several days. This is looking at satellite imagery now on Monday, June 26th. And as we move forward, we see this broad area of low pressure rotating and passing through the Great Lakes. It goes dark there because it's the overnight hours. But now as we move into the morning of the 27th, so this is Tuesday, June 27th. What you can see behind the clouds uh, corresponding to the low pressure system, this area of dense smoke immediately behind that low pressure system. So that smoke has moved all the way from the area north of Toronto counterclockwise around the low pressure system. And by Tuesday, it was impacting the Great Lakes region. This is when we started to really see PM 2.5 AQI levels jump into, into the unhealthy AQI category or even higher. And one other thing I wanted to mention on this day, not only was the smoke wrapping around this low pressure system, but we also saw evidence that the smoke was mixing down from higher elevations in the atmosphere. So the evidence that we saw for that was that the PM concentrations in the hours before this, under the smoky area, yes, they were high, but not as high as they were on the morning of June 27th. We saw PM levels jump way up, much higher than the air, air quality models were actually predicting. And, and this is a very complex situation for the models to depict or predict, one, the long transport path around a low pressure system, and two, the mixing down from higher levels in the atmosphere to the surface. So as I move forward into the 28th, now we can see the low pressure system has moved off to the northeast and you see this region of smoke. So the smoke shows up as more of a gray color than the bright white that we see with clouds. It's kind of mixed with some clouds here, but we see significant smoke through Indiana into southern Michigan and Ohio. So on this day, we saw unhealthy AQI levels for PM 
in Ohio. And the last thing I want to show is one of the, the great tools we have in AirNow Tech is the forward trajectory tool. So going way back to June 25th, that's Sunday, I ran some forward trajectories, 72 hours off the area where we observed high PM 2.5 concentrations. So what this does is it uses a meteorological model to show the transport path from this source region. And it shows exactly what we were discussing. It wraps counterclockwise around the low pressure system, moving directly through Wisconsin into Indiana, Ohio, and farther to the east. And eventually we did see very high PM concentrations into Pennsylvania and into New, Jer New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, and Washington, D.C., as you showed us. And Patrick, I think it's important that we put some historical context to the PM 2.5 AQI values that have been observed for portions of the Great Lakes and Mid-Atlantic, specifically uh, for Columbus, Ohio and Youngstown, Ohio. So for June 28th yesterday in the Columbus region, they had a daily maximum AQI value of 179. That was their first unhealthy AQI day in the Columbus region since August 14th of 2003. It has been a very long time since we've seen air quality index values this high in central Ohio. A little bit further to their northeast in the Mahoning Valley, this would be the Youngstown Warren region. Uh, yesterday, June 28th, they had a daily maximum AQI value of 197 AQI. This would be a 24-hour average. That 197 AQI on June 28th in Youngstown was their first unhealthy AQI day since July 4th, 2020. And what's interesting about that, despite the fact that it hasn't really been all that long in the Columbus, or rather for the Youngstown region, seeing AQI values this high, is that the last time they had an unhealthy AQI day in the Mahoning Valley, it was not due to smoke from wildfires. It was due to emissions from fireworks back on July 4th of 2020. And then a little further to the east in Delaware, I want to talk about what's happening here on June 29th because their current AQI values are in the unhealthy category for PM 2.5. For Delaware this month, they've had five unhealthy for sensitive groups or higher AQI days. It is easily the most unhealthy for sensitive groups or higher AQI days for the month of June in the last five years. Truly a remarkable air quality situation for the month of June across the Mid-Atlantic and for the Great Lakes, all due to the historic fire season that's happening in Canada. So that's the current state of play. Where the smoke has come from, why the smoke has been moving in. I know a lot of you are probably thinking about what's going to be happening here for the holiday weekend, maybe going to the town parade or going to a family barbecue. For more on where the smoke is heading for the 4th of July holiday, we turn it over to Steve. Thanks, Jeff. Hopefully I can be the bearer of good news as we head into this holiday weekend. Um, the first thing I wanted to look at, though, is just the pressure and wind pattern out there. This afternoon on the 29th across uh, the Mid-Atlantic into the Ohio Valley, one thing that we can note that we um, is not present anymore that we've had the last several days is a northwesterly wind so that the flow of smoke coming out of Canada has been effectively cut off by this high pressure system. It really came down behind this front here. And now this high pressure system has stalled out. 
and so we're not transporting any new smoke into the region. That is good news. Another thing we can see on the western side of this high pressure system is that we have steadily return flow, and this is actually much cleaner air as we get off to the southwest. Um, so as this high pressure weekends. Um, one of the things we're going to look for is this return to southerly winds, bringing some cleaner air back into the region. Um, as you were just showing, though, we do have uh, unhealthy for sensitive groups to unhealthy air quality all the way down into northwestern Georgia, so it will take some time to clean out this air mass. Uh, one other look at the winds across the alerted region, so all this gray area is where the current air quality alerts are in effect. Um, and we can see the winds are either light, which means the smoke is just lingering, or we have these southerly winds um, returning on the western side of the high, bringing in cleaner air into the region. So that is good news, no new smoke. Um, as now we look um, a little bit further to the west, I wanted to draw attention to an event that's unfolding um, just over Indiana at this hour, but it's come all the way from southeastern Nebraska and northeastern Kansas earlier this afternoon. This is called a derecho, which is just a fancy word for a, a long track damaging wind event related to a complex of thunderstorms. And so this complex has raced across this region, and you can note that the track of that complex has gone across some of the areas that were um, previously experiencing unhealthy to very unhealthy air quality. Um, and one of the good things that convection does for us is that convection, another word for thunderstorm activity, is it mixes up the atmosphere. And so on the leading edge of a line of thunderstorms, you get air moving into the storm and then actually upward into the atmosphere. On the back side of this complex, we have air descending from a loft, so that's able to transport cleaner air down to the surface. I pulled um, this diagram real quickly from the University of British Columbia, and it just does a really nice job of simply depicting how that works. So we have ahead of the storms, this air flowing into and then upward into the atmosphere. And then behind that system, we have air flowing downward. That's called the rear inflow jet, and that comes downward from aloft and then down into the surface. This particular event, as I mentioned, has had a slew of damaging wind reports all the way from where it first started here out over southeastern Nebraska, northeastern Kansas, um, to where it is currently. They've been experiencing gusts up to 80 to 90 miles per hour in isolated locations and a lot of damage associated with this system. That's the bad side of it. The good side is that it's had a drastic improvement on air quality. So I'm gonna go ahead and loop through the air quality index values associated um, here on the 29th as that storm system develops. Note here over central Illinois, it starts out very unhealthy. And then as we get that system moving across the region, really just acting as a quick vacuum really into the atmosphere, it's cleaning out all of this very unhealthy, unhealthy, even moderate air quality and now transitioning over to moderate to even good in spots where it was not too long ago very unhealthy. So convection can be a very helpful um, tool in the atmosphere for this cleaning process to occur. And that's going to be important as we move forward into this holiday weekend to clean out this air mass. As I showed on this previous map, the winds are light. It's going to take a while. If we were just waiting for the southerly winds to bring clean air, 
back into the region, it would take some time. But if we can get some more of this convection, these thunderstorms moving across, that will greatly uh, increase the speed of that clean out process. So taking a look real quickly at the upper level pattern, this is where we are today on the 29th um, with high pressure basically centered right over Louisiana. That keeps a lot of the thunderstorm activity um, just southwest of a lot of the region that's experiencing these air quality alerts today. So that's not a great location. But as we play this forward, uh, we can watch this trough out here, trough of low pressure over the Intermountain West and how that really affects the pattern in the next few days. So we're moving into Friday. We can see that trough of low pressure moving into the plains, um, but we can also see this high pressure ridge flattening out. Um, and what that's going to allow the, the atmosphere to do is really to open the door up to moisture and also some dynamics to create thunderstorms um, in a more widespread fashion over this region that's been so impacted by poor air quality. So we're moving now through the weekend, Saturday into Sunday, that trough of low pressure. Moving into the Ohio Valley, this ridge down to the south has basically uh, been pushed now down into very uh, northern parts of Florida. And so again, opening the door for moisture and more thunderstorm activity. And that continues on um, into the mid-Atlantic as we head into early next week. Just a quick look at how that translates into thunderstorm activity. Um, we can see, and this is just generally showing the areas, it won't be exactly this, but um, as we move into Friday the 30th, we start to see additional thunderstorm activity spreading into the Ohio Valley, um, down into Kentucky, even into western parts of Virginia. So that storm door opening up as we head into Saturday, that's improving even more as we get that trough of low pressure into the vicinity. We start to see more widespread coverage of showers and thunderstorms. And that pattern really continues um, on into Sunday into the mid-Atlantic with those storms moving along the East Coast. So this is a good, a good trend in the right direction uh, to get more thunderstorm activity to really speed up the process of this clean out that we'd like to see. Um, and that's also verified by the air quality models. This is one air quality model we like to use uh, from Environment Canada that shows uh, just the smoke impacts uh, on air quality. So we can see here today where all that unhealthy air quality is sitting. But then as I play this forward, we can watch that clean out process starting out west first, like we saw with the thunderstorm activity there. And then as we get that activity pushing eastward, we can see becoming much cleaner uh, in Ohio and then eventually heading into the East Coast um, as we get into the latter parts of the holiday weekend and into early next week, we start to see some cleaner air moving in there as well. So we have some southerly wind, some thunderstorm activity that should push things in the right direction as we head into the weekend and early next week. That's a great outlook. Thank you, Steve, for that. And one thing is air quality forecasters that we'll be walk, uh, looking out for, rather, as we're heading into the holiday weekend here, specifically uh, heading into the third, the fourth, and the early morning hours of the fifth, uh, is number one, how much of this smoke is going to be lingering across the Great Lakes, the Ohio Valley, and the Mid-Atlantic region? Uh, because as we're heading into the 4th of July holiday, 
lighting off fireworks. And of course, there's emissions from fireworks. We saw that a couple of years ago with a lot of cities seeing air quality issues due to fireworks. Well, you add in those firework emissions to what may be slightly elevated PM 2.5 levels just due to lingering smoke from Canadian wildfires. And that is really going to uh, cause us air quality forecasters to keep a very close eye on the trajectory of the smoke, the weather conditions present, and also what's going to end up happening with the human activity, the human element of letting off fireworks. So yeah, it's great to see that there's a gradual downturn in some of this smoke, but as we head into the 4th of July holiday, we're going to have to keep an eye on those firework emissions for the big city shows. Patrick. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Jeff. Um, if Even if there weren't smoke from wildfires, forecasting around the 4th of July presents its own challenge just because of emissions from fireworks. Often we see concentrations spike for one, two, or three, even four hours or more just from fireworks displays. And we can see PM concentrations jump from single digits up over 100 or even 200 micrograms. So on a day that might normally have good air quality, just because of an hour or two of emissions from fireworks, you might end up with a day that's in the high moderate AQI category for the 24 hour average. As you mentioned, if you add in a little bit of wildfire smoke on top of that, you could be back in the range of having to issue alerts for PM 2.5 again due to both the wildfire smoke and emissions from fireworks. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier here in the podcast, that the last time that Youngstown had an unhealthy AQI day was on the 4th of July in 2020 due to firework emissions. So these things do happen due to fireworks, and that's why we're going to be keeping very close eyes uh, on the fireworks shows and, of course, what ends up happening with this Canadian wildfire smoke for the holiday weekend. And even beyond this, although this look is a fairly optimistic one regarding the wildfire smoke, we will keep an eye on the fire, the continued fire activity up in Canada, because as long as those fires are burning, they're generating massive amounts of smoke. And if we happen to find ourselves in another situation where we see transport paths going from those fire locations into the, the Midwest or the Eastern US, we could end up in another situation with air quality alerts because of wildfire smoke. That's gonna be a continued challenge throughout the summer. Steve, can I put you on the spot for a moment? Sure. Great. You have experience in forecasting air quality for air districts in the upper Midwest. Based on your experience, what we've seen here in May and June, where does that rank from your experience in forecasting air quality uh, in portions of this country? Um, you know, Jeff, we've seen this before. We've seen, especially uh, in the last five to 10 years, we've seen other episodes of Canadian wildfire smoke um, and certainly have experienced forecasting those events. I think the thing that really captures my attention this season is just how often it has occurred and how long some of these events have continued, um, especially over parts of Minnesota and Wisconsin, where it seems like they've had weeks of either unhealthy air quality due to smoke or due to ozone um, from some lingering smoke and it yeah it's just been i think the duration and how much we've already had and how early it's been in the season compared to we normally see this later in july august september um, it's happening very early this season 
Yeah, I think speaking just to the persistence of the smoke north of the border, and as mentioned earlier here in the podcast already, 20 million acres burned in Canada so far this year, which exceeds all of their annual totals going all the way back to 1983, all the individual years. So, uh, yeah, it's... It's remarkable. It's a remarkable situation and one that I think is going to be really a common thread that we keep coming back to and likely keep podcasting about uh, heading into the following weeks and months. Well, that does it for the latest edition of the High Pressure Podcast. To see some of the amazing air quality work we do here at Sonoma Technology, please head to our website, www.sonomatech.com. High Pressure Podcast, you can find us on YouTube. We are at Sonoma Technology. Go to playlist and you will find our full playlist, all of our previous episodes from the High Pressure Podcast. For the audio versions of the High Pressure Podcast, you can just ask Alexa or you can head to the Apple Podcast platform. I'm Jeff Beamish. And I'm Patrick Zahn. I'm Steve Irwin. Thanks for listening to and watching the High Pressure Podcast.